When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To left center, deep, gone, Brewers lead it. And a swing and a miss, he struck him out. Down the line, and that's the ball game. We're back with Brewers Unfiltered, and we are one series and one home opener into the 2023 season. Sophia Minard here with Adam McCalvey and Tim Dillard. And guys, it's really too bad that these first four games have given us nothing to talk about regarding <laughs> Brewers baseball. We have so much to talk about. It's been a great start. The team is currently three and one, got the series win in Chicago. And then yesterday, the home opener, uh, 10 to nothing shutout against the Mets. So where do we even start um, in terms of how the team is playing right now and some of the great moments we've already seen in the first four games? I started by trying to figure out where this ranks on the best home openers in franchise history. And we did a story once, I think during the pandemic, when we were like top five everythinging everything. <laughs> uh, we did a top five home, top five opening days. So it, it cut out some home openers, but. Sixto Liscano's walk-off Grand Slam in 1980 is probably the best home opener. It was also an opening day in Brewers history. And I would probably put the Lorenzo Cain catch ahead of yesterday, the walk-off catch. Um, So then it starts to get kind of interesting, I think. Maybe yesterday is somewhere like, in terms of the home openers, maybe like number three, maybe number four. The first game at Miller Park was great. Um. Richie Sexton hit a homer in the eighth, a go-ahead homer. So that's my ranking. Tim, uh, on the spot, what are your top five home openers in Brewers history? Top five? Well, I was only there for one <laughs> in the big leagues. I have no idea if I Did pitched. you win? I have no idea. Doesn't matter. I was on the line, and I, I don't think I tipped my cap. I think I nodded when my name was announced, but that was a big one for me. I don't know. I, I The one, uh, didn't Arcia hit a walk-off base hit opening home opener a couple years ago? Was that last year? There was a there was a walk off or was it that was on innings? my list where they didn't get a hit and they the, the Brewers had a walk off without a hit. Oh okay. that was against the Rockies. I can tell you it was a Jonathan Lucroy, I believe, sack fly. Because I that was my first home opener in twenty thirteen. Um, there you go. So it was Jonathan Lucroy, and then Carlos gave, Gomez gave him a nice shaving cream pie to the face. <laughs> and so I, I'll always remember that one because that was my first um, home, well, my first opening day. And uh, they opened at home, and it was against the Colorado Rockies. But I, I agree, Adam, that Lorenzo Kane walk-off catch um, against the Cardinals to open the 2019 season was just so memorable, like Josh Hader's reaction on the mound. And that was coming off of 2018. And, you know, there was all this momentum around the team and and to have a walk off home run robbing catch. I just, you you can't draw that up. So, but yesterday was was incredible day to write about. I remember Craig council, his best quote was, uh, you know, we were like council, what was your reaction off the bat? And he says, "Uh, I said a bad word. (laughs) 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 And then low came brought it back. Tim, you pitched on opening day. Did I really? Yes, 2012, you told me yesterday, and I remembered that. Oh. Brew Crew, unfortunately, did not triumph. Uh, it's probably <laughs> not your most 
favorite outing oh, of your yeah. career. But you did pitch two innings in an opening day game. Wow. I learned something today. Against uh, the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. No, I don't remember that at all. It's just a whirlwind. Plus, it was like over 10 years ago, so I just don't remember much past that. But I, I loved the uh, the game yesterday. There were so many storylines. There's so much to be excited about. This Brewers team, just that whole that game hopefully sums up what this team is. Mixture of power and speed and patience. I, I just I, I just really enjoy watching this club right now. Well, let's get into there were a couple stories of the day, but the big one, right? The highlight moment was Bryce Terang and that grand slam part of a seven run inning, obviously first career home run. It's grand slam. Rowdy Telez pushing him out for the curtain call, um, stolen bases in there. I mean, he just continues to get on base. What did you guys think of Bryce yesterday specifically of how he handled, you know, the home opener, the reaction after, and just how he's played these first four games? You want me to take it? <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. Because look, me. I mean, yeah. Tim, you you have the better, way better uh, perspective on this because you've been in the the clubhouse when kids have come up, and you know, like what they look like when they're walking around trying to figure out where they're going and what they're supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. So that that's you have great perspective on this. Yeah, I, I just what I really love is that going back just a little bit is Craig Council has put together a a a functioning society uh, that didn't exist 10 years ago. You know, you would still, if you're a rookie, you tiptoed in, you didn't say anything. You kind of, you know, stood off to the side. You didn't really, you know, they didn't really want you to step up. They didn't really want you to be a leader. They had their guys. And, um, and you know, you hear stories from teammates I've had, but the, the culture that Craig Council has is come in, be a part of this team. And it's everybody. And anybody can be a leader. Anybody can be a hero. Be yourself. You know, there's just a great freedom and grace that is in this culture. And that's why you're going to see a lot of guys just thrive in that situation. Bryce Terang has done everything right, right? There's, <laughs> and you just keep pressing your luck. Throw them out there. No whammies. No stop. Um, it, it's just been amazing to watch. What I think is really cool is when you get called up as a rookie, a lot of times you just see guys swinging the bat. They just want to swing the bat. Give me the bat. I want to swing. I'm in the box. I want to make something happen. Make something happen. And Bryce Trang's been willing to walk. I had to look up uh, some stuff here. He is 20th in Major League Baseball in pitches per plate appearance. Are you kidding me? I think I have maybe two at-bats in the big leagues. I've seen like three pitches. Like just, (laughs) (laughs) you just, I mean, I'm telling you, you feel like you can hit a ball a mile and you get in there. And for him to have that maturity at this level and this early in the season, um, that's pretty, that's, that's a big deal. I'd like to see where Weimer, (laughs) Joey Weimer ranks because what it took him until his, was was it his fourth plate appearance in the big leagues that he took a pitch? He was up, they challenged him to be like aggressive at the end of spring training and he took it very much to heart. Um, I love what, Bryce Strang has done so far. Um, I binged the West Wing this offseason. Every five years or so, I, like, watch the whole series. And there's a great episode in the final season, which you can't say very much about that series because all the great episodes were early. But there's an episode where Leo, who's the chief of staff early, then he's the vice presidential candidate at the end. He's doing a debate, and he stinks. So they try to lower expectations, and the whole episode is about lowering expectations. I feel like Craig Council yesterday before the game is trying to lower expectations a little bit for Bryce Strang offensively because he's saying, watch this guy closely when he's at second base. He is going to impact games. He's going to win us baseball games with his defense. And offensively, 
he and these other young guys are going to be challenged because they don't, they have not gone through the gauntlet of major league pitching. And Bryce Terang keeps going out. This is what I wrote yesterday. He keeps going out and make, make you watch the bat because as Tim said, it's these very professional at bats at the bottom of the order and then impact with the grand slam. And Sophia, you killed it with that interview with the parents. Um, the, the scenes of mom, like covering your face and just losing her mind. Freddie Peralta told us after the game that he was in the clubhouse for, for some of that. He, he must've seen the replay later cause he was still pitching when it actually happened. But anyway, it reminded him of his debut in Coors Field, which remember, it, it, which is still like one of my top three regular season games I've ever covered, where his whole family was losing it. And then Freddie's almost crying in the clubhouse. So it was a really cool emotional day. And Sophia, you really, you killed it by getting the parents. Well, I I mean, their reaction was everything, right? And his dad, I feel like, was way more calm, but mom, Carrie, um, she she was awesome. She was still so emotional when I came up to talk to them. It was like the inning after, and then we kind of brought him up for his next at-bat. And, and it was funny just talking to them about it. You know, we got to see the reaction, right, when Bryce called them to tell them that he had made the team, um, which they were actually at the complex. They So they were kind of right outside the building, and and it was funny. She said that she was almost more nervous after the Grand Slam. She said, I was actually pretty calm, uh, you know, watching Wrigley, watching his debut. She's like, you know, she's just very confident um, in Bryce. And obviously they, they love him so much and they're so proud of him. But I just thought it was so funny that she's like, I don't even know why I'm like more nervous now. And she was just so overwhelmed by all the emotions. And obviously their, you know, their phones are blowing up and everything. So they're they're a wonderful family, um, and you can tell, too, how much Bryce loves them, too, and appreciates their support. He said that multiple times yesterday. So uh, they were just – they were so fun um, to talk to and such a great day for Bryce. I mean, I think none of us will ever forget that, you know, and whatever happens, like, he'll always have that moment. Um, but, you know, you guys mentioned Joey Weimer, uh, who – you know, didn't make the team initially, but because of the injury to Luis Arias, got a shot right away, probably sooner than any of us anticipated, um, coming up and joining the team Saturday in Chicago. So let's first start with with Luis. We know it's it's a hamstring injury. It's going to be six to eight weeks. It's tough. He's dealt with these muscle injuries before. Um, so what do you guys think about, and we've talked a little bit about this with Craig, about how the coverage changes now. Um, now that you've got Luis and what that means for Bryce um, and guys like Brian Anderson and, and now Joey getting an opportunity. Well, I mean, I think from just a coverage point of view, because they have so many versatile guys, they can, they're okay. I mean, obviously Brian Anderson is a third baseman. I, I think he probably prefers playing third base just based on how he talked to us when, when he first signed and what the, what the plan might be. And, and by the way, Craig Council did praise him last night because Anderson's really producing and he's played two games at third, two games in right, which are totally different spots. And Council is pretty impressed with the way that he's he's handled that so far. But with uh, the with Mike Brasso on the roster, with Owen Miller able to move around a little bit, Terang obviously can move around wherever they want. They can cover those spots. Um, and and then that opens time for Weimer, who's had an impact. And and again, like I think Terang and like Mitchell, you need to really watch him, not just at the plate, which you can't not watch Joey Weimer at the plate because he swings like he's trying to kill a baseball every time, but in the field. And I think that was a, you know, big Dan Vogelbach is so fast that he's in MLB ads about his base running. So if you throw that guy out, that's a pretty big moment. 
And but but legitimately, Weimer had to make kind of a perfect execute that play perfectly, and he did, and got a big out early in the game. So I think the cool thing about uh, the the three position players who are up is that they're not one dimensional. They're multi dimensional players who are going to help you a bunch of different ways. And it's it's you know Council's advice is kind of to keep an eye, watch them when they're playing defense, and you can get a full appreciation for how they're helping this team win, win games. Yeah. I mean, I think if you go back to spring training or before when, you know, these moves were starting to get made, Luis Arias was kind of the the centerpiece around that, you know, it's going to be contingent on him playing second base or him playing third and what that looks like. Um, now missing, uh, it, you know, time because of an injury, similar injury. I was at a left quad last year at this exact time. Um, but he produces, you know, his defense, he already made several plays, against the Cubs at third, his defense has improved. And uh, you look at the WBC, he was poised to, you know, to come out of the gate and, and do some damage. Uh, batted almost 270, I think, against left-handed pitching last year. So that that's what they were missing. But with that comes opportunity, right? Weimer gets to go out to right. Bryce Terang gets to play second base every day. And I think Brett Anderson should play third base. I think I said that on this pod, maybe a little echoey uh, last week, but... Uh, I, I think he's a natural third baseman. I think he feels more comfortable there than right field, even though maybe you can't even tell. Um, but to, to be able to play your natural position and, and bat in a good spot and uh, be able to produce, I think when you talk about depth, a lot of times the offensive part kind of gets pushed to the side and you're like, well, he can play right field. He can play second base. Their depth is guys getting on base and guys getting hits right now. I mean, the offense has, it's a little bit different than maybe years past, but the moves that the Brewers made in the offseason is for this moment right here. The, the, the lineup they had defensively and offensively yesterday um, is, is one of the best lineups I've seen from the Brewers in a few years. Well, you know, and you make a good point, I think, about Arias, that I think he's probably one of the more underrated players when you look at the advanced stats, you get a fuller picture of what Louis brings to your team. Like, you know, we can dissect war and whether it's good or bad or somewhere in the middle, but it does give you a fuller picture of a player's contributions. And he's one of the Brewers leaders the last couple of years in, in wins above replacement. So he, he does give you, I think defensively and offensively with the quality of at bats, probably more than what you think when you just look at like the raw, the old school stats. So it is it is a loss, but but again, that's why you set up some depth on the team to to try to cover it. Yeah, I mean the, the other thing I'll say is that I'm sorry, Sophia, but I was just gonna say it's a bummer if he's out two months. He's wanted to play against his brother so bad. And the Orioles come into Milwaukee like isn't it early June, second week of first week of June, second week of June? So man, I hope he gets back and I hope Ramon is with the Orioles then and they actually get to play each other because they've been trying to do this forever. And that it didn't happen in the World Baseball Classic because Ramon, there was like an insurance issue, so he couldn't play. And and when the Brewers went to Baltimore for the home opener last year, um, Louie was down with that quad injury. So they've like been star-crossed about playing against each other. So I hope it gets to I hope it happens this year. Yeah, and I think what what Craig talked about yesterday before the home opener too was like what's so unique about these guys right now is 
you know, their, their speed and how impactful that's been and the athleticism defensively. And I think that's why he keeps telling us like, Hey, pay attention to what Bryce Trang is doing on defense, pay attention to Joey Weimer's throw, right. And the footwork that it took to get him there to make that perfect throw, uh, to Willie Adamas. Uh, what was Kausel's line was something like speed never goes in a slump. Um, and, so And Joey Weimer spoke about that after the game yesterday, too. It's like, listen, you just try to make a difference however you can, and that might look different day-to-day, right? I think his, his line was something like, um, "What if you, if you can't hit, then use the glove, and if you can't glove, if you can't use the glove, then hit a bomb. You know, it's like just Joey was talking about that yesterday. Um, like there, and that's what Craig talks about all the time is that, there are different ways that these guys can impact games, help them win games, um, and that's what it makes them so dynamic um, and how and a huge reason of why they, they made this team. Guys, we know it was a really fun home opener, uh, but still a lot more to get through, including a great performance by Freddie Peralta. So we'll talk about Freddie, the rest of the pitching staff, some of the other storylines that we've got coming up here on Brewers Unfiltered. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Sophia, Adam, and Tim back here on Brewers Unfiltered, recapping a great home opener, good start to the series and the season for the Brewers, and we've got a lot more to talk about here. You know, you guys mentioned Freddie Peralta. We should not overlook the six scoreless innings that he provided as well, and that was huge to see from Freddie because we've talked so much about, you know, the health of the starting rotation is going to be so critical for this team. Um, And with Freddie specifically, right, because health was such a story for him last year, only able to pitch in 18 games. I mean, what did you guys see from Freddie? And I, I don't think you could ask for a better start to his season than what he did yesterday. I think that was, I mean, you could almost sense that coming. You go back to his last start in spring training, he's pumping 97. This guy's ready. You know, his pitches are working. So for him to go six scoreless, like, that's probably what I would have written, written down, you know, and put in a sealed envelope if I thought, you know, what he was going to do and throw a bunch of zeros like he did. Only give up two hits, couple singles. Um, what I really liked is he was efficient, 11 outs on three pitches or less. That's something that we're taught early on when you're a player. Hey, it's great to get outs. That's awesome. If it takes 10 pitches, great. But at the same time, if you can get the guy out on one pitch or three pitches, do that. So two of his seven strikeouts were on three pitches. So I thought he was just extremely sharp. Um, I thought his fastball was as good as we've seen it in the past. And I think he probably could have gotten another inning, but there wasn't any need. (laughs) But he also sat for 30 minutes while the Brewers had that big fifth inning. And for him to come back out and get two you know, punch outs in that inning and to finish up the sixth, that was, uh, that, that's hard to do. Um, so in a lot of ways, yeah, that was a really big outing. First quality start for Freddie Peralta, first start of the season. And uh, I think we're going to see more of that. Just good to see him healthy. Yeah, I think when you talk to the other pitchers and when you talk to Chris Hook, not that they like to play favorites, but I think everybody is really excited to see a healthy Freddie Peralta this year because everyone knows he was hurt a lot last year and missed time. But even when he was pitching, 
he was pitching at much less than 100%. And Chris Hook says that he hopes that Freddie can take some positives from that because when he did pitch, he, he did all right, and he was completely compromised. So now that he's healthy and strong, he can go out there and pitch the way he wants to. And one thing, there's been a couple of guys, that, like the sweepy slider is real popular in baseball right now. Tim, didn't doesn't Freddie's slider look more sweepy than it's been in the past? I, I, I don't know. I think that, that Javi Guerra, Peralta, maybe a little Strzelecki, there's some guys that I think we need to like watch here because I think there's some pitch shaping that happened in the offseason that they're excited about as well. And I think Freddie might be one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, you want me to talk pitch shaping <laughs> if you hear yeah you, let's spend the next yeah, 30 yeah. minutes talking oh we about, only have 30 um, um well i i think one of the things they try to do is you want stuff that balance each other so if one of their focuses on throwing heaters up and in you need to have something more away and i think that's what you're talking about streslecki and gara like that's exactly they're, they're sharp they're sharp sliders so if you throw a fastball away you know, that's a good pitch, but if you throw a slider in the same spot, you have a guy, the guy may have a chance to get to it. So now you're throwing a heater up and in and then the, the sweeping slider away. See, baseball has just changed. It's gone a little bit more horizontal when the last probably 10 or 15 years, it's been probably more vertical. So I, I think you're already seeing the the ramifications of, you know, all the driveline stuff and the speed and throw 100 miles an hour. Now you're starting to see movement and you're starting to see horizontal movement making a big comeback. And I think just overall... We talked to Craig a little bit about this yesterday. Like, as we're going through this first turn through the rotation, um, you know, as we're sitting here today, Wade Miley is going to start here Tuesday night. So that'll kind of complete the first turn. But I think all of them have done their jobs, right? I think in terms of like these first starts and this first month is so critical because obviously you spend spring training, you get four starts maybe five appearances and you're, you're trying to build up your pitch count. And I think for all of them, they got through their first start kind of how you wanted them to. They, they got the pitch count up a little bit more. It was five innings or six innings. Um, you know, they've done a great job of limiting runs. I think looking through that first turn, like Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta obviously stand out to me, but, but that's huge in terms of what that does for the bullpen as well. And I think that's, that's going to be a huge storyline for this team this year is obviously the starting rotation. They're going to have to provide innings probably more than um, any other year in terms of just the fluidity of the bullpen as they try to figure out, you know, roles for, for these relievers. I, I think Eric Lauer was to me the one that stood out the most because of kind of how disjointed his spring training was. Um, he, we'd go in there, you know, we get to talk to guys during the game, which is always really interesting in spring training because you literally get them when they're in uniform and drop their glove on their glove on their chair. And you're talking to them about the outing and you get like a really raw assessment of a guy's game. And he was pretty out of whack, I think in the spring. And for him to get settled in, in that Wrigley start, I think was a, a big deal for this team because look, we're like spending a lot of time talking about the rookies because they're really doing it right now. It's been the story of the early season, but this team is going to be, the story is going to be about the starting rotation. So getting, I think, Sophia, you're right, that the fact that everybody who's pitched so far has can point to like five things they did really well is a, is a, is a big deal. Everybody's pitched good. Even Burns in opening day at Wrigley only had one bad inning, right? Like we're not talking about anything other than one bad inning from the starting pitching in four games. It's pretty, uh, pretty elite. But then I think when you're talking about length and stuff like that, Bryce Wilson yesterday coming in for three innings, hadn't pitched in a week, 
and to go out there and pitch three innings. I forgot how many pitches he threw, but it ended up being a lot. Let me see if I didn't write it down. So great. Uh, but, but like 40-some pitches. He's going to be their long guy. Maybe the new Brent Suter or maybe possible spot starter. But that right there was big. So you're starting to look at what this bullpen is going to shape up behind these starters. Um, there's there's a lot of innings there and a lot of quality innings. Bryce Wilson has two major league saves now. They've both been uh, like one was four innings. Yesterday was three innings. They came in a 10 to nothing game yesterday and a 29 to nine win with the Braves. Oh, that's it? <laughs> in uh, 2020 against the, the Marlins. Wow. So he's he's had uh, yesterday pitching with a 10 run lead was nothing. I mean, there's there's so many things and like directions to go with this team right now. And, and it's it's crazy that we have this much to talk about after just four games. I mean, the the kids and Bryce Terang and we've had three major league debuts already and the, the pitching staff. Um, but the offense has been really interesting as well. I mean, show of hands, if you thought the Brewers would get through the opening weekend without a home run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, and granted Wrigley field and cold windy weather at April was certainly a factor. That's gonna just be a buzzkill for any offense. Right. But just considering how this team scored runs last year, and just the power that's up and down that lineup. I think we were all a little bit surprised um, that it took until the home opener for Brian Anderson to hit the first one and then Bryce Turing's grand slam. So just, again, very, very, very early. Craig hates when we do this, this but, yeah. but, but you know, the, the early reaction to kind of what we're seeing offensively, especially, you know, they get shut out on opening day. And then they bounce back and it's it's nine runs um, Sunday at Wrigley and then it's 10 runs Monday against the Mets. So it's it's been interesting to kind of see how this offense is finding its footing. Well, yeah, they went from setting the franchise record for scoreless innings to start a season, which was 16 scoreless innings before they scored their first run uh, to scoring 19 runs in their last two games. And they've scored 19 runs in their last two games. And so far this season, Christian Yelich and Rowdy Telez have struck out 15 times in 30 at-bats overall. So those, those guys are, uh, you know, obviously still trying to get it going. And yet they have a functioning offense because they're getting contributions kind of from all over. Brian Anderson has been, really since the start of spring training, like the quiet just hitter for this team. He's really produced. And then, and then the young guys obviously giving him a little something at the bottom of the order so that Willie Adams can pick up an RBI here and there, and Yelich can pick up an RBI here and there. And those guys at the top are able to do it with a ground out or a sack fly because there's all these guys on base. So it's been uh, there's been good depth to this lineup so far, and I think Craig Council likes, because of all the left-right, um, and that is partly a function of Weimer being the call-up as another right-handed bat, there's good, there's good balance left-right that I think he feels pretty good about the lineup that he's able to throw out there every day. Well, if you look at the Brewers the last few years, and you, you think home runs, right? Last year, they were third in Major League Baseball in home runs. They were second in percentage of runs via the home run. Almost 50% of their runs last year came off the home run. So that's kind of, if you're not really, you know, like us to be paid to pay attention to all the stuff with the Brewers, and you're kind of just looking at this, hey, it took them how many games to hit a home run? Uh, you're kind of missing the entire picture. What I really love is what how they've scored runs is because of, I don't want to say small ball, but just professional at-bats. They are getting guys on base with a walk, and then they steal second. That's basically a double, right? <laughs> I don't know why people have a hard time with that. You know, oh, I would rather my doubles come, 
you know, down the line. It's like, well, if you get, if you walk and steal second, that's a double. It just hurts the player, maybe in arbitration, when you say, I don't have a double <laughs> listed on there. But then you go and they have three sacrifice flies. They are guys walking up to the plate going, did we have a chance to score a run? I'm going to get the run in. And that was almost non-existent the last couple years. They were 19th last year and sacrifice flies. Those are the things that help you win the game. And the stuff that we'd only maybe see late in the season or into the playoffs, you know, they're doing this opening weekend. They're doing this opening month. That's a great sign. I love the fact that they're just willing to take their runs. And they got guys that are willing to go out of the zone to dink a ball opposite field to get a run in. I don't think we've seen this running on all cylinders like this, uh, except for small spurts the last few years. The three sacrifice flies, that was on, uh, what, Sunday? My days are all so screwed up. Sunday at Wrigley, that was a, that tied the club record. I did not know that. That was a little <laughs> record that we all missed. I loved it. I love it. I've had teammates in the past that, you know, they have so many RBIs, and at the end of the year, you're like, dude, we're, you know, you've got all these RBIs. He's like, never pass up an opportunity to get an RBI. If you have a guy on third base with less than two outs, there's almost no excuse. Some of these hitters are like, all you got to do is make contact. You know, if you have a plan in place. And so to sit there and see that succeed and on purpose, like some of these guys are going up there, man on third, and they're swinging first pitch, fly ball the outfield, and everyone's cheering. Great job, everybody. Everyone did their job. And that's how you score runs. And I just don't think we've seen that a lot in the past couple of years. Well, just the, the biggest thing. Go ahead. I was gonna, the, the biggest thing about, uh, this Brewers offense and really the team that's the biggest change from past years is speed. And we've talked about that in the context of like the defense so far, but on the base pass, you've seen them be really good. I mean, we know Yelich is great on the base pass. We definitely knew Garrett Mitchell was great, but I think we're seeing that Bryce Terang, Joey Weimer can also really impact things on the bases. And I think that that's going to prove one of the biggest differences from the past couple of years and it comes in an era where now this speed is being rewarded in new ways with no shift, uh, with the bigger bases. I mean, that's three inches. It's a tiny little thing. But between the, the those three extra inches on the bases and limits on how often pitchers can throw over, stolen bases are up across the league in the early going. That's what everyone expected. And it's speed is going to be rewarded more than ever before. So they're kind of positioned with these young guys. It just so happens that they're ready just at the time that these new rules are kind of rewarding speed. So that's another sort of thing, I think, to watch in these early games to see how well the Brewers are able to capitalize on these opportunities. I think it's it's speed, but it's also just contact, right? Like contact is being rewarded. And then you put that together with the speed, and that's what you're seeing with you know, all the traffic that they've been able to put together and those those pressure innings, you know, that they want to create of like continuing to put pressure on the pitcher, especially with runners on now. Um, and there's the threat of power up and down the lineup. Um, and I think like Jesse Winker has really settled in to the DH spot as well. I mean, he had a tough opening day. I think it was three strikeouts for him, but he's a great example of, I think that, that it was the, either the RBI for the lead, I think, uh, or that broke the tie in the Saturday game at Wrigley. That was, that was a hit to the right side and that would have been an out <laughs> any other year right with without the shift uh limitations that we have now so I think you're starting to see that already too is just like the reward of making contact putting the ball in play then you can continue an inning um you can get more runners on um 
And I do think, you know, Matt Arnold made the joke yesterday before the game of like, listen, I do think this team is going to hit home runs. We're hoping that we can hit a couple. I do think power is <laughs> still going to be a big story for this offense. Yeah. It's just, I mean, yeah, we're four well, games in, but I, I do think, look, there, there's too much power on this team. I do think they're still going to be at the top of the National League in terms of home runs like they were last year. Yeah, they're giving Winker, Yelich, Rowdy Telez, left-handed hitters, tons of at-bats at American Family Field. Left-handed hitters are going to hit tons of homers there, especially once it warms up. So they will hit homers. Um, and, but, but I think the speed is going to be much more a part of kind of the way they do it, and I think that's going to be across baseball. Yeah, I think through the first three – I think through the first opening weekend there were 49 stolen bases across Major League Baseball which is a huge number. Yeah, and, and up. And the, and the point is, like, up from the rate it was last year. So it, it is – it's the combination of factors. And, and maybe teams just stocking their rosters with a little more speed. Like, I think teams knew that this was going to be valued this year. And I think teams probably have more guys with some speed on their rosters. I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons the Brewers were able to get – we all said, how did the Brewers get William Contreras for, you know, a, a, an outfield prospect to Sturry Ruiz, who was maybe like the Brewers, what, fifth best outfield prospect, something like that. It seems like a lot to get for kind of a mid-level prospect, but Ruiz can absolutely fly. So he might be awesome in Oakland and, and really great in this new brand of baseball in which speed is, is super valuable. What do you guys think for the rest of the homestand? So it's 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 a big opening week. I mean, you've got, you know, the Cubs, they were able to take that series two out of three. You've got the Mets here for three. The team will be off Thursday. Everyone will get a much-needed kind of deep breath here at home. And then you've got the Cardinals for three games. So some really intriguing matchups, right? And I think, too, with the new schedule, the new balance schedule, um, we're going to see some of these division teams less. So for the Cubs, for example, they won't see the Cubs again until the first week of July. I think it's 4th of July week that Chicago will come to Milwaukee. And now they're getting their first look at the Cardinals. So in terms, it's crazy to think about, but, you know, these series are, are pretty meaningful considering you won't have the same number of games against these division opponents. I think we felt that in the Cubs series a little bit when you realize you're not playing them 19 games a year it's going to be 13 you're kind of like wow there's a little bit more urgency you know not like oh it's them again and I didn't know they were going to be you know not seeing them till July that's crazy um, but I, I I think you're right I think uh, when you're talking about the schedule and what the what the Brewers are putting together and uh, early on last year they started on the road for seven games they're able to be back home after three and to play the Mets that's a tough one. They got Scherzer tonight. Well, you know, by the time everyone's listening to this, who knows what happened. But if you're going to play some of these teams, it's strategy and injuries play a factor. Um, if you look at Mets and Cardinals, they do have injuries. The Mets, they don't have Verlander right now. Edwin Diaz, their closer. Um, Jose Quintana, who absolutely, you know, did crush the Brewers last year, <laughs> it seemed like, from the left-handed side. So, uh, let's see, Cardinals don't have Wainwright. So uh, luckily, you know, the Brewers, for the most part, are, are healthy and have a very concise team. So if you're going to play some of these tougher lineups and tougher matchups um, on the pitching side, do it now. Do it now while they're, you know, all banged up. Well, I, I think when the schedule came out last, what it was already last September, you looked at this early part of the schedule as a, as a great test for the Brewers. 
We didn't know at the time that the Cubs were going to reload as much as they did in free agency. They were one of the most active teams in free agency. So to get two or three was a good start. And then, you know, look, then you look at, at the schedule. Mets, Cardinals, then that road trip starts in Arizona. Against the D-backs, I'm not, they're not a bad team. Uh, but then you get the Padres, who are great, the Mariners, who are coming off that great playoff run last year. Then back home, for a homestand, that includes the Red Sox and Angels. I mean, April is really tough for the Brewers. And I think at least what they have, one thing they really, I think was important they have going for them is after those first two cold games at Wrigley where the weather was terrible and the hitters were, you know, hands were stinging all day. They got a nice Sunday and then they get into like what should be nice weather for a long stretch. All these games at home, obviously you don't have to worry about, but then just that road trip being Arizona, San Diego, Seattle, that's like a little factor. I don't know if it will come into play at all, but it beats the alternative of like having, you know, nine games at Pittsburgh and Cincinnati where you're worried about the weather in April. So I think that's another little thing that helps offset the difficulty quotient of, of this early part of the schedule is that they're going to be able to get that rotation into a good rhythm, get the guys out there every fifth day or sixth day. And again, I just think that's the most important thing for this team is getting the starters out into the year in a good place and hopefully and i we asked council about this a little bit and he said well you know you're just jinxing us for may <laughs> like may is going to be a dumpster fire of of rain out so if it is i'm sorry everybody but at least april should be nice. well i saw an interesting thing i don't know where i saw it and i thought i screenshotted it but uh something about the brewers have maybe the second hardest or maybe first hardest travel did you see this? It was like just their schedule and the way it's laid out, like how many miles they're going to travel this year. Brewers are like first or second. And like, I think maybe first in the, in the, on the other side. I yeah. think they have the easiest, easiest travel. Maybe I, I think read it's that fewest thing miles. Yeah. <laughs> fewest yeah. miles. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's typically I think the teams between, that are, yeah, typically between Milwaukee and Cincinnati, which obviously because of the short, short division travel, but also just being so central in the country. I think, you know, the longest flight, will typically be anything on the West Coast. That's like irritatingly ironic because for me to get to Cincinnati, I always have to go through Baltimore or Atlanta, (laughs) which is like the most irritating trip every time I get on the plane. I'm like, this is so dumb. But you'll be making one less of that (laughs) really annoying trip Mm. to Cincinnati. Thank you. You always see the positive. There's your silver lining of the morning. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, let's take a quick break here on Brewers Unfiltered. We've got a lot to get through, and we've got some rapid round coming up, so stick around. Back on Brewers Unfiltered, we've got some fun rapid round questions for the fellas. So, guys, we are finally back in Milwaukee after a very quick, quick, quick uh, stop here at home before we headed to Wrigley. So now that we're back, what was the last great Milwaukee meal you've had? Or if you haven't had time, maybe a place that you're really dying to get to now that we're home. Well, I'm dying to get to Buckley's. That's probably Mm. my number one in the neighborhood. But I will say I did have a great Milwaukee meal when I got back on that little Wednesday after the workout at American Family Field. River West Pizza. Great little spot in River West. And I had a fantastic pizza. So there you go. Extra crispy with arugula on top. That's my go-to. I don't know. I can't believe I'm that guy. (laughs) But I do love pizza with arugula on top. Probably just like saying that word, arugula. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've been crushing the uh, fresh fin poke bowls. 
It's not pokey, right? I've been saying that wrong. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm trying to eat healthy. It's seemingly like salmon and I've been ordering the lemon herb. How do you say it? I'm going to mess you, it up. You said it like three times as before we Quinoa? started recording. You know Quinoa? 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 Yeah. So anyway, I've been embarrassing myself ordering some of this food, but it's absolutely delicious. I don't know. I think it's a chain restaurant. I don't know how far it is. I've never uh, seen it outside of the area. So anyway, I haven't been to the hole-in-the-wall places, Adam. So sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'm getting there. We'll, we'll make it happen. Mine was, well, first I'll go meet you at Buckley's for carrot cake, yes. Adam, whenever oh, you yeah, go. Absolutely. It can be a belated uh, birthday carrot cake. And then um, my last great meal was probably at Moe's, a place for steaks. Um, nice time sitting at the bar, had a great meal. And I just, it's always a, a good, it's always a win whenever you can go to Moe's. So that was, that was mine. What about, we talked a little bit about the schedule, guys. Which new opponent are you looking forward to seeing most this year? Oh, I think this is such an easy answer. It's got to be the Angels, Look, right? It's got to be, be the Angels. Angels. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole rule, I think of the whole change, I think of as the Shohei Otani rule. Yeah. <laughs> that every other year you get Shohei Otani in your city and the Brewers get Shohei Otani. Hopefully he lines up to pitch one of those games. But even if he doesn't, the beauty of Shohei Otani is you get to see him hit. So I think it's the Angels. And don't forget Captain America, Mike Trout. It's so funny that like don't Mike forget. Trout is one of the top baseball players ever. And like he's the second fiddle in terms of like who you're <laughs> eager to see. So, yeah, Mike Trout, too. Yeah, I mean, that, the, the dynamic is there. You're talking about the Otani rule. I mean, that's the same yeah. thing. It's the it's the not only with the schedule, but the pitching and the hitting. Like, I just you have to see it. I want to see it. I think the, the place is going to be packed uh, for as many games as they're here. It should be. How about, guys, um, the giveaways? We've got a Giannis giveaway coming up. Uh, any giveaways that you are looking forward to now that we've got the home schedule underway? Well, thank goodness we got past the bell. I mean, no offense to whoever in the front office came up with the idea for the, the cowbell on opening day. Not my favorite. It's okay. Everybody has an opinion. Not my favorite. I got three of them. <laughs> uh, so let's see. There's a beach towel. City Connect beach towel, July 22nd. I'm a good dog sitter. Hopefully nobody else asks me because I've got plenty of friends who do this. And it's always nice to have a towel at the back door when their dog comes back in and their feet are wet and muddy. And a nice City Connect beach towel, I think, would be a nice dog accessory. So that's my pick. I think the Giannis jersey is actually kind of cool. But as you look through there, and you know I love bobbleheads, there's a Euchre Skywalker Jedi Star Wars bobblehead. I had to look twice because I was like, this exists, and it will in May. The Euchre Skywalker bobblehead. He's wearing his Argyle sweater, but he also has his his Jedi robe with a lightsaber. Um, that's just, my mind is trying to comprehend all of this. So it, We were debating like the name. It's going to be Euchre Skywalker probably, but Tim, I think one of your lists is in order. Like What, what alternative <laughs> names could you come up with? Yeah, me and a whole bunch of nerds are going to be like, this is really cool, like... Yeah, I, I don't know. That just to me, I, it reminds me of being eight years old, where I watch Star Wars every day, and in between me watching Star Wars every day on VHS, I would watch Bob Uecker's, uh blooper videos. <laughs> Do you remember those? Oh man! Oh yeah, we had the blue one and the yellow one. I think they were just called like Wacky World of Sports or something like that. But those were, I mean, that was on repeat, all nonstop. So that that's a collision for me that I enjoy. Euchre Skywalker. <laughs> 
Um, so that Giannis City Connect basketball jersey is coming up this Saturday, April 8th. Uh, so if fans are wanting to get their hands on that Giannis jersey, it is really cool. It's got the Brew Crew across the front, the, the all the City Connect colors. I mean, it's it's unique. It's definitely cool. So that's coming up Saturday. Um, my nominee, since Adam went beach towel, Tim went Star Wars night. I think I think honestly the the Yelly Tumbler is kind of fun, very practical. I know we are all big believers, and Brent Suter would be very proud of us. Uh, you know, bringing a tumbler to the field for our for Tim's you know eighty seventh cup of coffee for the day. And <laughs> <laughs> I will. Include, I thought that's what you were going to say that we're all big believers in drinking too much coffee. <laughs> well, I was yeah, I was going to say I'm like I'm going to include myself in that too for like just the steady stream of coffee that we all drink during the day, and then I try to mix in some throat coat tea during the day too. So I think I think for us, you guys, the most practical giveaway is that yelly tumbler. I think we'll get a lot of good use out of that. Sophia, thinking of uh, thro- speaking of throat coat tea, how do you think Jim Nance did in his final broadcast? It sounded like his voice was uh, like he'd done, he'd talked for like 10 days straight. I know. I, well, I can't imagine how many, you know, farewell interviews the man has exactly. had to do over the last month, honestly, you know, leading up to the tournament and the final four and the national championship. Um, yeah, he could probably, and now he's got to go and do the masters. And I mean, he has to <laughs> go. Uh, yeah. He, yes. poor, poor Jim Nance. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, March is always such a crazy month for him. Um, but, you know, Brian Anderson goes through that, too. So yep. every broadcaster in America will tell you that throat coat is the way to go if you're ever feeling any kind of anything with a sore throat, a tickle, anything, a little throat coat with honey, you're you're back in the game. So. Well, what I'm, I'm new to this whole thing and I'm, I'm starting to see like it's amazing not only they're doing broadcasts and they're talking the entire time but like you say the interviews they have to do but also every time they're at the ballpark everybody that they talk to I mean I, I guess just throughout the day talk to this person talk to this person it's non-stop it's pretty impressive I haven't had a <clears throat> I haven't had a throat problem yet this is just the way my my, my voice sits right now, but <laughs> I get it. You I better s- knock on wood. Yeah, there's throat We're going to see you in, the, in, the pre, in one of the shows tonight. Like, yeah, there's. I go to the press box. They're just throwing around throat coat like it's nothing. <laughs> All right, guys, let's wrap it up. Stat of the week, what do you got? Okay, uh, I'm going to continue my streak of doing really deep dives to get my stat of the week. So my stat of the week is one, which is the number of times Wade Miley almost died at the ballpark. Which is like the thing we learned yeah. in the uh, workout day where I just asked Corbin Burns, you know, I've been trying to write a Wade Miley story and it's really hard because the best stuff is you can't share, you can't write. So I asked Corbin Burns, what's your favorite uh, Wade Miley story? And he said, well, there was that one time where Stephen Vogt uh, gave him the Heimlich and saved his life. And it's like, excuse me, like come again. So we talked to Wade Miley, called Stephen Vogt, who was about to go on the field in, uh, Seattle for a workout with the Mariners. He's their bullpen coach. And the guys shared the story. And sure enough, Wade Miley almost he said he went in a little hard on a hamburger and it almost took him. Um, so <laughs> it's like the greatest story that never got told. And I can't believe it took us five years to get to the bottom of this. And it's always great. I mean, anytime you can bring Steven vote back into the fold, that's just a win for everybody. Absolutely. The just best. an all time human being. 
all timer. We should do that as a list once. The best humans to wear the uniform. Mm. He's on the list. I'm looking forward week. to seeing Voter in Seattle. There you go. Yeah, it'll be fun. Timmy, what do you got for stat of the week? I wrote down several, but they don't seem very cool next to next to one. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, um, we're relying on you to actually do a real stat while I keep one day, nailing these in with stupid things. Seven, the amount of Euchre Skywalker bobbleheads I'll be walking out of <laughs> American Family Field with. No, um, I would say, so I really like... I, I really like what the Brewers are doing the last few years with the walks. So right now they are best in Major League Baseball in walk percentage. They're second, uh, or they're tied third, I think, in walks. Uh, but their their walk percentage is the best. It, that's not the stat I'm going with, which it's at 14.6%. The one I'm going to go with is contact percentage. Bryce Terang is 62nd in all of baseball in contact percentage. We talk about these you know, restricting the ban or not the banning of the shift, but the restricting of the shift and the bigger bases and all that kind of rewarding contact. He is the 62nd best contact percentage in the game. So, I mean, you do the math. He's the top two um, on the team and putting the ball in play. That's a big deal. That was a lot of math, Tim. I know. It is. Yeah. It's early <laughs> in the morning. My head hurts. I promise no more of that. Um, I'm, I'm with Adam. I stick to single digits, but Because we've talked so much about speed, my stat, and this is something that I'm really curious to see where we end up at the end of the year. Last year, the Brewers stole 96 stolen bases. We are currently at three, three games in. So three is my stat. um, Just because we've spoken so much about speed, Bryce Terang has two two bags already. Christian Yelich has one. So I just think this is this is gonna be something fun to watch. I think across the league and with this team in particular, uh, with you know, with just the the skill set that these guys have. So my number's three. I think if you're a fan and you're watching the Brewers play, anytime some of these guys get on base, just wait for them to steal. Just look for it. You know the pitcher is. You know the catcher is. Just look for them to steal. I mean, there's no reason to think that they couldn't have a hundred and you know, hundred and twenty you know, 130 stolen bases. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Sorry, I just get excited about this kind of stuff. <laughs> Watch for the steals. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think that's uh, that's a wrap for this week on Brewers Unfiltered. It's too bad we didn't have any good stuff to talk about, but it's been, it's been a great start for the crew here. The first four games, we're looking forward to seeing what happens the rest of the homestand. And then we'll be hitting the road. With, uh, with the team, it'll be the Diamondbacks, the Padres, and the Mariners coming up. So thanks for tuning in. We'll get you covered next week from the road in Arizona from Sophia, Tim, and Adam. 